To preface, this is a relational podcast. We are not certified mental health experts. We are here to talk about real-life examples from firsthand experiences. Listener discretion is advised. We hope you relate. We hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Shoelaces and Sunshine podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm Janet. And I'm Nathan. Let's converse mental health. Woohoo! I'm ready. We're finally back together. Yeah. I think it's funny. I think we ended the last episode with the same energy that we're bringing into the new episode. It's like you we know what I'm trying to say. So. Go Dennis! Go Dennis! Go Dennis! <laughs> if you that's how we ended. If you don't listen, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I highly recommend that you do so. Um, we take a trip abroad, and we probably, as a group, haven't done that in a while. So definitely take a look at that from last week. But this week, we're kind of taking a turn to the non-European way of life. We're going to be talking about work today. Yay! Is that rude? Was that offensive? No. Okay. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Somebody takes offense to everything nowadays, so. Fair enough. But I'm not offended. Okay, cool. I told Janet and Nathan while we were discussing before we started today that I would update them on some work-related things for me before we started today. I have a full-time job interview tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, and then um, I also have a call tomorrow with uh cleveland company to see what's going on there company yeah oh i know right and the job interview i have for tomorrow the job's based in austin texas so (gasps) yeah hook them horns yeah i'm is that that where the university is where is texas where's university of texas i I have no idea I don't know. I don't really know Texas that well, but Austin just seems like a really cool city. So I'm on LinkedIn, like typing away and I'm just like, I could could live there because I feel like Uh. that's a big thing with the job search just in general, especially for me is can I imagine myself being there? And of course, I look at the cities like Austin, Texas and like Columbus, Cleveland, like Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, I could live there. And then I think about like LA or New York or Atlanta. Right. And I'm like, there's no way I could live there. I don't know how people move to LA and they're excited to move to LA. Like (laughs) that that might just be a general. Wait, I'm surprised you I'm surprised you lumped Atlanta into New York and LA because I, I totally understand not wanting to live in LA. Apparently it's kind of on the downswing over the past couple years. I think a lot of big cities in California are actually viewed that way right now. And we've been to New York before, Rachel. I can understand why you wouldn't want to live there either. It's more of a place for me that would be a place that you would want a vacation to for a week or so. It's a place you visit, not a place you live, at least for I mean, I could see myself living in New York more than LA. I just feel like sitting here thinking about the cost of living in those yeah, places I was gonna say. versus oh, yeah. how much you're making is just yeah. absolutely ridiculous and atlanta was clumped into the three just because i don't want to go back home i'm from okay, from okay. North it's, not of the, it's not that you can't live there it's that you don't want to no i don't really want to it's lukewarm basically because yeah, atlanta atlanta is a really nice city 
Like it has yeah. a lot to offer. It's a great place to live. I mean, everybody and their mother is moving there right now. Well, yeah, because um, the movie industry moved down there, basically. And they do a lot true. of filming down there. So like a lot of job creation, a lot of ITs down there right now. But like, I mean, when you live right. there for 18 years of your life, Nathan can attest <laughs> to this too. You've kind of been there, done that. And you're like, I can always go home. When you think of a next chapter of your life after graduation, right? You don't think of going back to where you came from. No. A lot of people here do that, though. A lot of people in the Midwest, I feel like, stay within the area. And I know that's That's a big epiphany, too, for people that live in Appalachia, which is basically following the mountain range, essentially. I read about this back a couple years ago, probably, that people that grow up in Appalachia usually have more deep-rooted, like, family ties. And, like, they have more of, like, a connection to, like their home base, I guess. So they stay for like generations when in reality, I feel like the Gen Zers of the world, I don't know what me and Nathan are. I think we're Gen Z. I'm not too sure. But um, now, yeah, Janet probably knows. I have spent most of yesterday trying to figure this out because it is extremely (laughs) complicated. All of the experts seem to have their opinion about where the division line is. It's so subjective to where it doesn't really even matter. Rachel, we're technically Gen Z. That's what the internet tells me, at least. We're technically Gen Z, but when we talk about things that kids way younger than us do, that is so typical of little kids. Oh, look at all these Gen Zers, but we are Gen Z, right? So it's just kind of a term that people use nowadays that just describes a behavior or something like that. It's really not even used for like, a specific age. What is before Gen Z? Is it millennials? No, millennials is after Gen Z. No, it's not. I thought millennials are older than us. Yes, that means they come before us. Right, right. (laughs) There's nothing nothing after Gen Z. I think me and Nathan were born and raised in a time period where the millennials were ending and the Gen Zs were starting. So like, We're right on that cusp. Yeah, we definitely are in a sense that, like, I grew up going to Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. And, like, getting movies on days when you were sick, which is so weird to think about nowadays just because, like, when you're sick, like, we're quarantining. When I was sick, my dad would take me to Blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah, right around the corner from the house, yeah. Blockbuster, the big boxy TVs, like literally <laughs> MacBook Airs TVs. could absolutely never back in the day. Um, yeah, I mean, my first phone was, it wasn't a flip phone. It was a slide phone where you slide the entire front of the phone upwards and you have the keyboard. Yeah. My first phone was an LG Sentio. But do you remember before that, Nathan, we shared a flip phone? Yeah, Motorola yeah, Razor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We no, don't. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids are growing up now. I mean, the point I'm trying to drive here, Gen Zers right now are growing up in a time where they're getting phones at age seven, six, and their iPhones, all of that. And they're doing things that kids would do at a much older age earlier. They're growing up faster. You know, they're listening to rap music when they're growing up. Like, it's just life what is so is, different. What does this have to do with work? <laughs> I don't know. We, we're on a huge tangent right now. Yeah, we digress for sure. We're going to be talking basically about the generational aspects of the workforce in a sense with 
Janet giving us a perspective of an older generation's point of view on the workforce. We're going to hit the millennials. We'll hit the Gen Zs. I actually have some interesting facts to bring up about Gen Zers. In a sense, I guess I'll bring it up now. I feel like when time has kind of moved on, like and we're in the age of digital media, I say that almost every time we podcast. In the age of digital <laughs> media, I feel, especially right now, we used to get paid less for what we were doing. And then over a period of time, we started getting paid more for what we were doing. And now we're in a decline. And that might have come with the pandemic, but we're in a decline where people are getting paid kind of less again for what like entry-level positions. They're expecting more out of people for entry-level positions for less money. And I feel like the application process as well has kind of turned itself on its head in a sense that it's either really intense or with social media platforms like TikTok and things like that, people can apply by making content and like presenting content to like, this is why I should work at TED Talks. And like, they'll say it like that. And if TED Talks sees it, maybe they'll hire you and stuff like that. Right. It's like this very creative, oh my goodness. like, yeah new realm that we're in that I have never seen before, but I see people doing it all the time. Like in my student organization meeting last semester, our guest speaker basically said, your resume should have a link to a video pitching yourself. They're trying to get people, instead of to just outright saying the information on an application, they want you to sell yourself in a way that is creative. So it's like creating Mm -hmm. a project about yourself. Do you think that's because you, you know, you talk about or you hear about all of these resumes like coming into like recruiters, mm-hmm. you know, they get all of these resumes that come in. So they ask themselves, you know, how am I going to distinguish between exactly. people who have the same type of things on their resume? Exactly. And you can also say to yourself, well, how can I? believe everything that's on this resume, right? And I can call and make, you know, those kinds of things. But if I can get an idea of the person visually and see them and how they speak and, you know, all those types of things, it's a better foot in the door. Yeah. No, it's a different way about going about an interview. Because you'd be able to gauge all of this stuff if you you just went in for an interview, right? It's Basically, the question that I would say companies want answered nowadays is what makes you different than everyone else? It's the same with college applications, too. I remember applying to college and Mm -hmm. you're applying to big state schools and they sit here and they're looking at the 15th, 20th white girl from the suburbs and like, what makes her different? You know what I mean? Like. And that's where you kind of get drawn, like, the short end of the stick, basically, Mm -hmm. because, like, what does make me different? I'm doing well in school. These are the clubs you join and stuff like that. But it's the same with a job. You get into college. You do four years of college. But, like, so is everyone else around you. So what are you getting involved in? What internships are you obtaining? What awards did you win? What content have you created? That's why, one, LinkedIn has become such a huge thing. For people to basically present themselves in a way like, look at me, look what I've done. And I'm also going to emphasize on the idea that 
jobs and applying for jobs nowadays is not about what you can do. It's about who you know as well. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. What makes you unique and who do you know? It's hard out here for people nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I know some other benefits that other countries have that we sit here and we describe what we have to do to get a job, like all of the things we have to go through to just to get the job, but then we work as much as we do and get paid less. like way less mm-hmm. for what we do. And they just look over the Atlantic Ocean and they say, well, I'm sitting pretty over here and that they have way more vacation days than we do. Leave if you're sick is most of the time is paid. You get way more time to spend with your family. Like a family relationships are very important mm-hmm. overseas. So they'll give you time off per year, literally just to be with your family. It's very different. It's hard over here, man. Speaking of that as well, I feel like a good portrayment of that concept. I watched this Netflix show and some of the people listening might know what I'm talking which about. Which one is it, Rachel? It's Emily in Paris. I knew you were going to say that, Rachel. It's, it's <laughs> em- Nathan, stop it. <laughs> Emily is a girl from Chicago, played by Lily Collins, right? And she gets a job basically for a year working at this PR firm in Paris, right? Obviously. So she's going to France for a year. And obviously, cultural differences are huge. I mean, like last episode as well, I spent two weeks in Italy. It's just completely different. I thoroughly remember just Emily's character, Lily Collins's character. She works really hard, like over Mm -hmm. there. She's doing the absolute most. And like, she very much puts her life into her work basically and that's how i feel a lot of americans are just in a sense that we're kind of taught to grow up and get a job and work in the workforce and that's your life but Mm -hmm. basically one of the characters that's french looks at her and is like what are you doing and she's like well i'm working this is my job my job And she's like you americans live to work we work to live exactly yeah a lot of people live by that. And I feel like if we kind of adopted more cultural aspects of giving ourselves a break and taking that time off, and that's kind of the reason why I'm liking how the pandemic has moved things a little bit, just okay. in a sense that you're not expected to work that nine to five in the office. You know what I mean? Like jobs that I'm applying for nowadays, I don't really appreciate when they like make it fully remote. But I also do appreciate that hybrid option. You can come in if you would like, but if Mm -hmm. you wake up one day and you're just like, I'm not feeling it, you're Mm -hmm. not feeling it. You stay home, do your work at home. And based off the article we referenced before podcasting today as well, like these hybrid options, it has been statistically proven that people work better at home, which Mm-hmm. shocks me a little bit just in a sense you're in such a comfortable environment like how could you but like it wasn't that much different it was like only a couple percent difference based right. on yeah but they were people were found to be more efficient at home despite the fact that you're not being monitored like you are in a workplace this is actually all stuff that we should be bringing up anyway because we're talking about the generational differences between how our parents had to actually like the prerequisites they had to gather to uh, apply for a job and actually be hired as compared to what we have to go through now today. The work environment is so different. 
I think the hybrid option is very important. It's respectful in a way that it gives people the option to choose whether they want to be on a computer or in person. On an average, it's showed that people are more efficient at home. Doesn't mean everyone else works well in that environment. Some people mm-hmm. actually are very, it's very detrimental for them being in one over the other. So yeah, I think it's respectful. And especially considering all of the mental health challenges a lot of people have gathered over this past two years and how that changes the way people can be efficient and work and do all that. The one thing I did want to bring up is that there's a big disparity between people's mental health two years ago compared to now. We go through that every single time we podcast. It's weird because the workforce is getting more and more and more intensive on what they want from people. And it's literally because... Well, I mean, everybody has the same accredited, like there's so many people with the same achievements, right? So they, like we just were saying, you need to be separated by them somehow on a piece of paper. So that's why they're asking everyone to do this. It's getting very intensive for what people need to do. The checklist keeps growing on what people need to do to actually get a job and be successful and do what they want and all that stuff. But it's getting harder and harder for people to do that because this pandemic has only affected everyone negatively. So I would like to interject. I know we're speaking a lot of hypotheticals into existence, but I also want to, as a person who is also currently looking for a full-time job, not every company is like this, like in a sense that they're expecting so much and they're leaving stuff out of the equation when it comes to negotiating and talking about the job prospects and stuff like that. I kind of just wanted to move the conversation along onto something I value, which is a good workplace environment and transparency. I'm a journalism major. I should value transparency and honesty. Uh, And I do, honestly, and I value that in an employer, but also like the workplace environment in general. And I mean, you guys know the stories of the things that I've been through, like an internship I was applying for where I had to go through a gamified interview process, but like an application process. It was a week long, started at midnight on a Friday night. I'm in college. That was a lot. And it lasted for a whole week. And I got points based off of how I played. Right. And yeah, I remember that. That That sounds horrible. I put my heart and soul into it, right? And I got interviewed. And then a month later, the company gets back to me and was like, "Uh, we're sorry, we're going to have to like cut you off here, right? But here's a certificate to show that you competed in this game. Not to mention, I also got first place in the game. Let's talk about that too. Yeah, um, that is stupid. First place, interviewed, didn't like me, waited a month, turned me down. Gave me a certificate so I could put it on my LinkedIn, which it's on my LinkedIn, trust me. But I opened the certificate to look at it, right? Right. They spelled my name wrong. I'm like, you can't turn me down and then be that disrespectful to, like, spell my name wrong. You know what I mean? And I get it. They probably have a lot on their plate and stuff like that. But, like, it just kind of goes to show who values their employees and who doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe they would value an employee once they get into the job or get into the internship, but like still sucks, you know? And I've been ghosted by internships 
Janet, do you know what Ex- ghosting is? I was going to say, explain what that means. Because <laughs> yeah. not, not just, I, I already knew Janet was going to ask what that means, but there's a lot of people who probably don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Yeah, Janet's not, <laughs> Janet's not alone in that one. Um, it means when you're in communications with someone or a company or an organization, and then they just stop responding. Yeah. They don't give you a, a reason why or anything like that. They just stop talking to you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was ghosted by a company, an organization, if you will. I've had jobs shaft me in a way where they'll stay words like full-time job and salary, which are words I want to hear because I am graduating. (laughs) I'm advocating for the people right now. Uh, (laughs) Then you get into negotiations. They tell you how much they like you and how like experienced you are but then they start using vocabulary like stipend and internship and i'm like that's not what i asked for you know like you have to sit there and be like wait a minute yeah are you sure you said that like Mm -hmm. yeah well a big thing i feel like people my age nowadays and i was actually discussing this with my professor a couple days ago is I need to learn, and I guess we all need to learn how to advocate for ourselves. You know how much you're worth. You know how much time and energy that you put into clubs, organizations, classes. You know what you know. And yeah, a piece of paper can tell that to people. But like, you also need to know when it's just not enough for you. Yeah, like knowing when to speak out and like because people get so nervous in these interactions, right? They feel like they can't demand anything. They feel like mm-hmm. they're just whatever they say is what I get. The reason why I'm saying this is because I relate to it. I'm not very good at that either. I'm not very good at like, I guess, negotiating about terms when it comes to that. I don't think anyone's like, especially like entry level people are experienced with how much do you like, how much are you worth? How much do you value yourself at? And you got to pinpoint, you got to research you kind of have to figure out okay if i'm graduating with this degree going to this location cost of living stuff like that right how much am i worth how much are co-workers getting paid compared to me and kind of basing it off of that you know what i mean because it's just a whole big numbers game nowadays and sometimes you really just don't get an ex it's like a sad breakup sometimes when you are like they like you get turned down and they just don't give you a reason You kind of just have to accept the fact that there is no reason and move on because I feel like this is multi-generational. When things like that happen, you can be really hard on yourself. Negative self-talk comes in and stuff like that. So I can understand that. I've been through it myself. So like advocating for how much you're worth, knowing the effort that you've put in to get to this position and Mm -hmm. show much God, basically. Yeah which is crazy. But to kind of segue, this is like a completely 360 thing that I think will tie into the more generational aspect that we wanted to talk to. Anybody that is a college student or a Gen Zer or in this age age range. (laughs) uh, Nathan. What? Have mom and dad ever told you that since you have tattoos and I have piercings that we weren't going to get jobs? Yes, that's another really? thing that needs to be brought up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much. When we were kids, really? yeah, every kid our age when we were growing up, yeah, was definitely told at one point or another to not get tattoos, not get piercings, none of that until you had a job. 
had a job that was going to keep you and that you wanted for long term because it's mm. things that these people see in, in, in interviews that they go, okay, this person kind of may not be as, as clean and put together as they explain themselves as. It's, and nowadays, that is a very different thing to think about. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different. A lot of people, if you're going to write somebody off because of tattoos and piercings, that's really narrow-minded. Like it's, to, stere- to do that. it's stereotypical and yeah. it's shallow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, as a younger college student, wanted to get my nose pierced and I told my mother, right? Because right? part of me wants that validation from my parents sure. <laughs> before I do something stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> she told me, no, you won't get a job if you do that. And I said, <laughs> I, part of me was like, oh my gosh, she's right. But also it's such a traditional form of thinking because you look it at the workforce back yeah. in older generations, very clean cut, very dress nice, very... We are out in the workforce and we look good doing it. How does putting a hole in my nose or having a tattoo that means something to me mean anything to anyone else, I guess, you know? It's it's not like I inked something on my body and I just instantly lost an entire semester of college. Like, that didn't happen. I don't know why people think that if you get, you know, tattooed or piercings, then it never really made sense. And also, like, when we were growing up and they were saying that to us, there were people in jobs that would serve us that had tattoos. It was, like, a weird thing to even think about because people, like, had those tattoos and they had jobs. It depends on the level of the job, in my opinion. That's true. So, like, like, yeah, servers, I mean, like, they're working in the workforce. I could go out and get a serving job right now if I wanted to. I don't need a college degree. But the the doctors of the world, the businessmen of the world, Mm -hmm. like, I see. There was a different expectation. And long story short, my mother told me, no. You can't get your nose pierced. You won't get no, like no job will hire you if you pierce your nose, right? This was back in winter of 2020. So January, mm-hmm. February range. I figured out in March, I wasn't going to Italy for my six week trip. <laughs> oh yeah. And then I had done that a couple weeks prior. My mom did not know that I pierced my nose. I did it off the of <laughs> I tweeted yeah. out quick yes or no. And I got a response that said yes. And I went and got my nose pierced, right? <laughs> That is the most impulse decision ever. I mean, Abby was a part of it, too. She was her and I were at lunch and she was like, you should do it. And I was like, you're right. Maybe I should do it. Right. So I had to let my Twitter following know. Yeah. And so I went and did it. And then I figured out maybe two weeks later that I wasn't going to Italy, called my mom crying because I was very upset. And then I was like, by the way, I got my nose pierced. The other thing that you have to take into account is piercings can be taken out. Exactly. Tattoos can't be taken off of you. Well, they exactly. can't, but it's a lot harder. I'm a marketing minor. For anyone wondering, I took a foundations of professional sales course, which <sighs> I'm just going to say, it. I hate sales. I hate it. It just makes me feel like I'm begging for something. Like, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm like, all right. But I took a foundations of professional sales course with a lady professor love her she's very good at what she does like very esteemed i guess very because the business school at my college is very up there i guess okay so she's sitting there i guess she gave us a speech about it at one point she was like you guys assume that i don't have piercings and tattoos well i do like but you need to know the time and place for them right so she had her nose pierced 
but she takes it out in professional settings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what makes you think, like Nathan said, you can't just take it out? I know tattoos are different and placement of tattoos is different, but it's also yeah. your body. You know what I mean? Right. There's common sense involved as well. I mean, if you go and get something tattooed on you that is absolutely insanely vile, then yeah, of course, no one's going to hire you. If you're shouting obscenities all over your skin, then that's just, that's odd, right? And that's, it, it's also just not normal. But, but also at the same time, under the First Amendment, you have freedom of expression. And there was a court case about a kid wearing a profane t-shirt to school. It had like a curse word on it or something mm-hmm. like that. It's taken to court. You can basically do anything you want as uh-huh. long as you're not harming the people around you, right? Go off, I guess. I don't know. As long as you to cover it up. I don't know, but I also feel like there's a time and place for it. There was this guy I worked with at American Girl Doll back in the day. He had tattoos from like the collarbones all down his arms and his chest, right? Is this Jason? No. Ew. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'll say that live too. Ew. But um, (laughs) his name was Christian and he was tattooed all over his upper torso, right? And in an environment where your target audience is little girls, yeah, maybe it's not the best place to have it. Yeah. So, like, he had to wear a long sleeve shirt, which is fine, right? And they were weird about, like, your piercings, too. Like, you could have your nose pierced and your ears pierced, but you couldn't have your tongue pierced, right? So, a girl that I worked mm. with, too, pierced her tongue without telling them, and they never noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's... Really? Yeah, it's kind of hard Ugh. to... I've realized it's kind of hard to notice things like that. Yeah. Nowadays. But uh, Janet, what happened like when you and your friends like around college era time, like you could talk about Joe, too, if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was just going to just put out there that you were talking about your parents and, and their reaction to your tattoos or piercings and what their thoughts were about you being able to get a job. And I had didn't think of that. Of course, I don't have children myself, but what I had heard was it was always watch what you put out there on Facebook. Yeah. My mom says that a lot though. (laughs) You know, because your employer at some point could easily look you up on Facebook and find, you know, you doing something. Yeah. That still happens. That's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's more important then yeah 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 that's what i was thinking when you guys were talking about the tattoos and the the piercings that's a really Um, good point though i'm glad you brought that up well thank you Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) but those were the types of things that we didn't have concerns about with that type of our employers weren't looking us up on facebook or anything like that one of the things was is that it was a lot about your outward appearance. It was dressing apart. It was dressing very professionally. The suits, the suits for a woman, the suits for a man. And I was talking about this with Doug Nathan the other day. I don't know. Do you own a suit? Yes, I do. But it's not with me here. And I ask that not to be rude, but I'm just saying no, yeah. that. No, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of people now who probably don't. Right. Just 
because it's not anything that people need to be wearing. I made a comment also that my dad, your grandpa, always wore a suit and his time frame was towards the end of his career became casual Fridays. Yeah. 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 Right. It was just casual Fridays. Yeah. And my dad thought that was the most absurd thing <laughs> to do. Right. I mean, yeah. you go normal. to work, yeah. right. You wear a suit and you're presentable. And because when you go to work, you dress the part, you might see people that you want them to know that you're professional and that's your outward appearance and my dad wore suits for a long time on friday and then he did start to wear something more casual on friday but it was years later i said to doug in our time we didn't have to necessarily wear a suit depended on your job you know if you're going to wall street you wore a suit guys wore ties And women, we dressed up and then it became casual Fridays where you can wear jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, You you know, so so this was a professional. (laughs) I remember I remember being in high school and as a reward for teachers, they would get jeans passes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I remember that. Right. You really wear the sticker. (laughs) On the when you have your jeans pass, you can wear the sticker on your shirt and wear the jeans to school. Oh, it didn't have to be Friday. Holy, right? You just you brought so many memories back. And um, I like how you brought up the attire because that's another cultural thing, I think, as well. I remember my mom telling us that back in the day when you would fly, you always dressed like professionally. Oh, yeah. to fly. Uh-huh. One. And then two, when I was studying abroad, you don't go outside in leggings. You don't go outside in sweatpants. You don't go out looking dressed down because it's just like you get judged, basically. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know me. I was stunting when I was in Italy, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> um, but it's interesting to kind of see the generational aspects of how this you have to look the part like stereotype has progressed over time and how that can lead a lot to how you view yourself mm-hmm. and you know how draining that can be not to mention you're dealing with the you have to wear this you have to wear that to look the part but also tying in i'm gonna say it social media and people playing the part there too I think things have changed in the sense that if we look at it in the past, right, you were supposed to do all these things, wear nice clothing, all of that stuff, basically able to show other people that you can carry yourself without talking to them. Because it's just like a subconscious judgment from across the room is is what it was always about. We're in very, very different times now. People are not afraid anymore to speak their mind. And a lot of people do. By golly, a lot of them shouldn't, but uh, <laughs> yeah, golly. but with that, right, people being able to speak their mind, you don't have to look the part to be the part. And a mm-hmm. lot of people understand that nowadays. You can go outside in sweatpants and a sweatshirt 
or just like, you know, clothes you've worn. You can wear the same outfit three days in a row if you want to nowadays. And you go outside and somebody that knows you knows that you're not somebody who goes outside in an outfit for three days in a row, the same outfit three days in a row. They know you're smarter than that and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the cat's pajamas. Yeah. Like, I can tell you for most of my semester. Absolutely home skillet. Um. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll see you around. Bye. Stop it. (laughs) All I'm saying is you can stunt in your leggings and your sweatpants and still get a 4.0. That's basically all I'm trying to say. Make a high paying job. And especially with COVID, there's the ongoing joke that you only have to see me from the waist up basically (laughs) you have no idea that i'm in my slippers and my pjs like no you can be wearing the nice dress shirt right in your zoom meeting with your boss and you could be wearing nothing below your waist and they would never know yeah i've done that a couple times not nothing but i've been in pajama bottoms yes janet (laughs) i just wanted to quickly make another point that i'm not sure that that generations are the differences. One is, is that, you know, my parents' generation, so your grandparents' generation, we're getting into the the men work, the women stay at home. Yeah. yeah and that's okay? very so, different now. So that's very different. Then you get into a generation. And also it was a lot of that families do stay together. So then you get into more of your parents and Doug's and my generation, and you end up where you see more women working, more men working. So you have a two family working household, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to think about the fact that during that time frame, banks were only open nine to five, post office were only open nine to five. We didn't have banking online. We didn't have post office. So there were families and people who couldn't do things while they were working. So there was a lot of stress with saying, I need to go during my lunch period to get to the bank because I'm clocking in and clocking out. And if my time card isn't stamped at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get docked or I'm going to get yelled at. And if I'm not here and yeah, yeah, or worse. And so you have to figure this, this out. And at the same time, we're talking about if you are a single parent, I'm working a nine to five job. So I need to figure out what my children are going to do. So there's a strict time frame. So there is a lot of positive to a flexibility yeah. of whether it's working at home or whatever, the flexibility of being able to work and leave your house and go pick up your kids or leave your house and go to the bank. I know now you guys can take pictures of your checks and do stuff like that. So it's not that big of a deal, but you know, <laughs> when the way you said that, I'm sorry. <laughs> But those were anxiety-ridden things of, I have to get there on time or, you know, that's a big issue and I have to do this during my lunchtime. So that means I'm 
eating something and then going to do this. And I hope I don't get stuck in traffic and I hope, you know, whatever it may be. And so for what I think is really moving in such a positive direction for you guys, there's always the anxiety of it, but that you are going to be able to have some flexibility with what you're going to be able to do. But you also have to, of course, decide what you want that job to be. You said to us before we started recording, kind of have in mind that one, like, you know, what do you look for in in a workplace? Because you you can choose your environment very much so. You know, obviously there's dream jobs, right? There's jobs that you apply for, and then there's ones you kind of reach for. A lot of different options. You can choose your environment. And basically the one thing for me was that I wanted mostly out of my environment because I'm going for a job that doesn't require suits or anything like that. You know, so mine is flexibility for the employee was the biggest thing I thought of before you even brought that whole point up is the ability to be able to manage your own time, I guess, not really have to be in a set spot from one time to another is big for me. And it's, I think that is a being in a set spot one time to another is very telltale of like business jobs. And I knew when I went into college, I definitely didn't want to do anything that was business oriented. It's like probably one of the last things I would ever try to do. And I feel like with science, you can do that. That is one of the biggest things about getting a scientific job is that you have the ability to work on your own time because a lot Mm -hmm. of people do their own research and, and, you know, whatever it may be. So I, yeah, I think that's the most important thing for me. I want to know what Rachel, what your most important thing is. Same thing. I want an employer to value me and put the effort in towards me as much as I put into them and their company. You know what I mean? And I value wanted there. Yeah. I want to feel as if I can move up in a job. I want to feel as I could like as though I can succeed and contribute good work. Nathan and I are different in a sense that I think I like the aspect of big business because it really okay. feeds my not big business, but business in general, because it feeds my girl boss mentality, just in a sense that I am a person who very much likes the work I do because I can control it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and especially in a feeling of fight or flight, like I have been through COVID and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's been very hard to control yeah. the emotions that come in, I guess. It's mm-hmm. gotten better to manage, but also at the same time, work is something I've always been good at. So yeah. why not focus a lot of my attention there? And it's something I don't dislike doing either. So right. the projects, the success aspect but also the fun you know what I mean you don't want to be in an environment with people that don't value you as much. it's the same with the employees I guess their co-workers yeah. and stuff like that location's a huge thing for me like I said at the beginning of this episode okay. look at us coming yeah. full circle but I also wanted to make this point maybe to kind of wrap up this concept Janet when you were speaking earlier I very much thought about how the workforce and the process has changed over the generations back in the day uh, <laughs> it was a little it was easier to get the job but it was harder to maintain the job 
Ah. When nowadays, I think it's harder to get the job, but it's easier to maintain because it's more flexible. So it's kind of flipped, basically. Yeah, which that's a good point. It makes you sit here and think which one that you would prefer. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I would prefer where we're at now in a sense that I am a woman wanting to be successful and nothing stopping me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Women in the workforce are empowered more than they've ever been before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just, I need an organization. I need a company. I need uh, wherever I end up to let me girl boss to the moon. And that's <laughs> where I'm going to mic drop on the whole work conversation. Because at the end of the day, I know what I'm capable of. And I mm-hmm. need a company to value what I'm capable of. Because if they value me, I will do good work you know right right yeah that is a great attitude to have and i think getting the recognition and the for that and i had read in the article that and i think you're basically saying it so to just reinforce that is being challenged i don't think you guys are interested in the tediousness of doing the same thing over and over and over again. No, you know, that's part of the reason why I love the field that I'm in because a big motto for PR marketing communications is it's different every single day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, science, I mean, you don't have to have me explain that it's different every day as well. Right. Right. And so I'm glad that we had this conversation. I think that it's, We'll have a little bit more of a conversation next week about it too. And I think we can with next week, because we've <laughs> we've really delved into this this week. Um, we <laughs> I can, told you I had a lot to say. <laughs> yes. Well, that's good. You know, we can talk about how mental health can, you know, yeah, fits into I, all of this. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, we did not really talk so much on the topic today of mental health. But no, I was sitting here and I was thinking, there's things that you talk about that in a way has an effect on your mental health in a positive light without having to directly talk about it in a direct way, I guess. There's a lot of people out there right now who are in the position that we're in and talking it just just simply talking about getting jobs and what you have to and to have to do and what you shouldn't do and all of the things you have to plan to get a job nowadays and all that in a way is soothing because you're like, it's three of us talking here. Rachel Mm -hmm. and I were relating to each other on the sense that, yeah, we're both going through the same struggle right now. So it's nice to know that even though you're sitting here and you're talking about all the things that you have to worry about in your own personal journey, when it comes to getting a job, that you're not alone, that other people are going through the same thing with you right now and everyone else trying to graduate by the end of the semester. So to, wrap up i'm gonna state my final thought on the content that we have discussed today all right though we didn't speak directly about mental health in general on this episode the content that was shared with everyone today alludes to feelings of anxiety and stress and fear so I feel like I shared a lot of personal stories about things that I've right. been through and it's it breeds a lot of negative self-thought too. Yeah. So having the stamina that I have now to kind of say I know what I'm worth, I know what I want, I know where 
think I know where I'm going. It takes a lot to pull yourself out of this hole where you're like, I'm not good enough. That's never the case. I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. So think of that as we move forward. I know sometimes it can be a real tearjerker when you don't get what you want, but like that's just life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Rolling t- Stones told me at a young age that you can't always get what you want. So <laughs> I never. Ba-dum-bump. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, to any business owners, HR reps, anybody listening to this episode, thank you. And I hope you take our thoughts and feelings (laughs) into consideration. And if you know me from my podcast and you interview me, uh, no, you don't. Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. (laughs) Rachel, you're you're reaching here. You're reaching. I'm sorry. That's shameless. I'm sorry, guys. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we should, yeah, we'll we'll turn it in. Thank you for listening. Yes. We hope you relate. We hope you enjoy, as always. And next week, we look forward to another good one. Yeah, next yes. week, we do exactly the same thing with a different topic. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, until next time. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Bye, all. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about us and the work that we do, as well as find previous episodes, please visit www.shoelacesandsunshine.com.